Midtown Detroit studios of WDET. This is Detroit Today. Social media platforms like Facebook and Instagram are an integral part of the how we collect with our friend, family, friends, customers, businesses, and everyone these days. But are these platforms causing more harm than good? Computer scientist and tech pioneer Jaron Lanier thinks so. And coming up, we'll take a look at the ways these platforms affect society, if the problems can be fixed, and his 10 arguments for deleting your social media accounts right now. That's next on Detroit Today, but first the news from NPR. Good day and welcome to Detroit Today. I'm Nick Austin, filling in for Stephen Henderson. I have a question for you. What is your relationship to social media? After a session on Twitter or Facebook, Snapchat or Instagram, TikTok or even Tinder or even Snapchat, do you feel happier? Do you feel better? Or did it just ease you into that one one moment, like scratching a never-ending itch? I ask because even though all these platforms constantly tell us how they are keeping us connected and making our lives better, a number of studies and books now suggest otherwise. A leaked slide from Meta, formerly Facebook, noted that, quote, young people are acutely aware that Instagram can be bad for their mental health, yet are compelled to keep spending some time on the app for fear of missing out on cultural and social trends, unquote. Americans are catching on to this. About two-thirds believe social media has produced negative changes in our lives. They are starting to realize that we're living in a kind of social experiment we've never undergone before. One where our most self-congratulatory, resentful, partisan, and loudest elements are rewarded on popular internet platforms. Some of our worst impulses are being unleashed in a spout that never fully shuts itself off. So what do we do about this? Can we reform these platforms? Should we just leave them behind? What do we make of the good times we've had on Facebook or Twitter? What about the moments sharing and communicating with our loved ones and friends on these platforms? Jaron Lanier has been thinking about this a lot. He's a pioneer of virtual reality and a computer scientist and composer, artist as well as author, writing about a range of topics. In the last couple of years, he was in the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, and wrote the book, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. Working in the early days of Silicon Valley's growth, Lanier is definitely not against technological progress. But he does think social media is manipulative, destructive, and bad for our health. Jaron Lanier, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, how are you doing? I am doing well, and I'm happy to really dive into this because this is something I've been thinking about a lot, and I know you've thought about it a lot as well. But seeing as you're the author of the book, I'm just going to put it out there to you. What is the problem right now with social media? Well, uh, the problem isn't the technology. It's the way the technology is being used to make money. And the way it is being used to make money is 
unlike most things in the world where people pay for whatever it is, whatever service or object they're buying, whatever it is, with social media, somebody else is paying. And the reason that other person is paying is out of the hopes of changing what you do and what you think. Now, in the old days before the internet, there was this thing called advertising, which was kind of like that. Somebody else would pay for an ad on a TV show, and then the TV show would be sort of free. You still have to buy the TV and everything, but at any rate, it was sort of free. But the difference is that this new stuff is measuring each person's responses and fine-tuning what they experience in order to get them, to rope them in. And when you're fine-tuning to each person individually, that's not advertising anymore. That's what we used to call behavior modification. Or if you want to get all nerdy, the term is operant conditioning. Uh, But uh, whatever you call it, uh, you're you're modifying people without their realizing it. And, you know, Facebook a long time ago put out an academic paper proving that they could make millions of people feel sad and the people didn't know why and couldn't tell what was going Mm -hmm, on. mm -hmm. And they did that just on the open population, you know, as if that was okay. Uh, And um, so the, the unfortunate truth of this is that it works better for hurting people than helping people. Um, this particular aspect of it, uh, the, the subconscious part of it, you can make people sad and paranoid and vain and irritable and uh, more, um, I guess, more clannish, right. uh, less right. less trusting of people who are different. But you can do that more easily than you can help them gain confidence or be happier or any of that. Um, The part of social media you're conscious of is the good part. Uh, The part that you're less conscious of is the bad part, um, roughly speaking. And um, it does really suck. I mean, it's really uh, it's it's really hurt cultures. It's it's hurt, especially the psychologies of young people all over the world at once. And it's hurt politics in similar ways all over the world at once. And I, uh, it's an awful thing. And I I think we could, we can change it and improve it. I'm I'm convinced of it. But um, at the moment, it just is really ruining us is the word I would use. It's really doing damage. And it's a great shame because a lot of the people being damaged actually are just so good-hearted and are really approaching it in a good way to the best of their ability. And so it's it's really an awful thing to see. There are the 10 arguments that you make in your book, and we're going to unpack some of those and really get into the specifics of how this is occurring, as you mentioned, with that good overview. Uh, but before we get to that, I just kind of want to understand and move back to the early stages as you've worked in the development of the Internet when it was really uh, starting to come of age. How did we get to this place with social media? Well, Yeah, see, the thing is, I don't think there was an evil genius. And and in fact, I'm sure of it because I was around um, in the earliest days, which was before Facebook. Mm -hmm. Uh, With Facebook, there might have been an evil genius. That's a different story. But (laughs) when this whole thing kind of started with uh, companies like Google, um, the people were really sweet. I I was there for that. And what kind of happened was... (sighs) God, there's two things. Part of it was there was a ton of pressure 
from people kind of on the left coming from a feeling of wanting the society to be less based on capitalism and markets and money. And those people were pressuring really hard for everything on the internet to be free and open and shared. And, and uh, um, it was just politically inconceivable that you'd ask somebody to pay for, I don't know, YouTube or something, even if it was only a tiny amount, it was everything had to be free. But then at the same time, we loved our business heroes in, in tech, like, you know, Steve Jobs yeah. or whatever, mm-hmm. Bill Gates. And so the only solution was this fake thing where other people would pay and it would feel. So you create this illusion of um, a, a leftist paradise where everything's free and everybody shares. But then you create this horrible dystopia of capitalism where the people who are paying are paying to manipulate others and that becomes the only product right. and that's awful it's a, but the problem is the pressures were so intense the social and political pressures were so intense that the people doing it really didn't have any other way to do anything um that so that's that so everybody involved had good intentions based on the best ideas that they had available and yet the way all those things combined was in the worst possible way yeah. that's that's what happened you know yeah you know i hear the phrase and i think a lot of people have if you aren't paying for the product you are the product and as near as what i can hear from you with this confluence of events where how do we make mm-hmm. it free and expose it to everyone we use the advertising model but of course then the advertisers are the customers and as the advertisers are the customers, they want the biggest audience they can get. They want to move people to their product. And then social media, perhaps, was just so good at being able to, well, how do we get more people on here? Emotional responses. How do we uh, move more product? Well, manipulation, uh, a confluence of events. But now that everyone's on social media, uh, it seems like there's economies of scale here now, right? To get to your customers, to talk to your family. I think of times that I've been invited to parties and people said, Nick, why didn't you show up to the party? I said, I didn't know about it. They said, I sent you a Facebook invite. I said, I'm not on Facebook, but you know, it's kind of like you're expected to be there in order to participate in life now. What do you say to people who have concerns about that with all this investment? How can they just delete their social media accounts? Well, look, you know, everything you're saying is totally true. And, you know, the book isn't called, uh, you must delete your accounts right now. It's <laughs> right. T- the 10 arguments for deleting. I think everybody has to make their own decision. I I would never pretend to know what's best for somebody else. And there, there could very well be people who should keep their accounts because of their own situations. You know, uh, I, I, I'm not here to tell anybody else what to do or to know what's best for them. But I do want to present that side of things as as best as possible. What I really do want and what I think I really should expect and we should all expect of each other is for people to really think for themselves and to try to be more conscious of what they're doing. And if if you think you need the accounts and it's it's part of your life and you need it, um, even having gone through the exercise of thinking about it might help you use them with a little bit more awareness and it might help actually. So I think it's a really important thing to at least think about. Um, Hey, can I say one other thing that I think is important here? Absolutely, please. Um, I I mentioned one reason that we ended up in this mess, which is this weird way that um, sort of 
socialist and capitalist thinking both happened at the same time and we ended up with the worst of each. Uh, there's another thing going on, which is a lot of people have this idea that if they're on social media, they're going to experience some sort of breakthrough, like they'll make a lot of money as a social media star mm, yeah, yeah. or something like that. And um, here's the thing about that. One part of the game that evolved, which I think is really unfortunate, is uh, I call it uh, economic tokenism is maybe the way to put it, that you have a very small number of people who who become very public and do really well yeah. on social media or lately on NFTs, if you know what that is, or yeah. cryptocurrencies. Non-fungible and tokens. Exactly. And and this is a game Silicon Valley has been running, which is a little bit like a casino game, because the thing is only a very small number of people are going to do well in those things. But because they become well known, then a whole ton of people put their money into it in, mm -hmm. because of hope. And the majority of the people who are putting the money in are not the people who can afford it. They're not rich Silicon Valley engineers right. working at Google or something. They're people who are... Uh, uh, who who really are not necessarily having the easiest time economically and maybe should be holding on to their money for something else. Um, I see a lot of NFT promotion in the hip hop community, which I really bothers me because just the way the math works out, that means a ton of money is leaving that community and it's not going back in. It's ultimately going to tech companies yeah. and people who all kinds of people who run um, exchanges for cryptocurrencies or whatever. It's not, you know, and um, that get rich quick thing or get famous quick or whatever is um, it does work out for a small number of people, but for the community as a whole, it's this giant, you know, sucking action. It, it's just this giant ripoff. And yeah. I, that <laughs> it really bothers me. And the problem is people have, Hope is so important to people and they cling to it. And it's such a precious thing that you, you can't even talk to them about it. Yeah. So it's like this person getting ripped off and say, like, you're getting ripped off and, and like they won't hear it. And that it's annoying. Like, I don't know what to do about that. Right, right. We're speaking with Jaron Lanier, computer scientist, composer, artist, and the author of the book, 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now, here on Detroit Today, 1019 WDET. And Jaron, obviously you're someone who's thought about this a lot and was involved, again, in the early stages in development a lot of things on Silicon Valley. However, in our current climate, a lot of people will think, especially when you come out against something that so many people say they love and utilize that, hey, maybe you just have uh, bad intentions. You have sour grapes. Maybe the development of uh, things didn't go the way you want. And now maybe you just have an ax to grind and you're just kind of against social media. What do you say to people who are saying that you're just being anti-technology right now, anti-development? Does anyone say that? I don't know. I'm I'm I not. Asked. I haven't heard that specifically. But what I yeah, do I've know, never, I've never heard it. No, I actually, um, I have a different problem, which is, um, I have a little bit of trouble dealing with guilt for having done so well, and I feel <laughs> so fortunate and so lucky, and I just feel filled with gratitude. No, I, I've done very well. I, I honestly, I, I, I'm not. I don't have that problem. I, I just don't. Well, let Period. me. Well, I mean, like, yeah, or let's fair. say, if somebody had my life and had sour grapes, that person would really be messed up. Uh, no, actually, my problem is just the reverse. I sort of feel like society has benefited people like me so much um, that it's out of balance. 
you know, so if anything, I have trouble with guilt. But no, no, I don't. I, I've never heard that, and it would be an insane thing to say. Yeah, and, and the other thing, I just so many just arguments. People say, "Oh, well, they've got a axe to grind or an agenda." I like oh, to always yeah, just no, put no, that no. out there I, to stop it. I, I should say. Um, I'm within my world. I love my world. <laughs> right. These people are all my friends, you know, right. and I say exactly the same thing to their faces. I'm not saying different things to different. I still know Sergey from Google. I still know these people. I, I mean, this is, right. this is my world. And I just, um, I've just decided to try to say what I see and I'm honest with everybody. And, uh, I, uh, some, you know, obviously if everybody agreed with me totally, they might, uh, but you know what? I, I want to say something. Actually, most people in tech mostly agree with the stuff I'm saying at this point. Not all, but, you know, uh, th it's actually a bit of a puzzle now. It's a bit of a maze that we have to walk to get out. Uh, I'll give you an example of that. Um, Jack, Jack Dorsey, who's running Twitter for a while, was really sincerely trying to figure out a way to make Twitter less poisonous and tried a few things. But even somebody who's running a company like that is constrained from many directions by everything from investors to regulations to, um, you know, employees and, and different pressure groups. And it actually is a puzzle. Like, I don't want to it's not like somebody can just turn a switch and fix this now. It's going to be a generational project, unfortunately. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't have any personal troubles. I don't, I don't think anybody's really on my case. I, I'm, I, I think, I think we're all in this together. We're just trying to figure it out. What I mostly am trying to do by sh showing up on a show like this is just let people in on the game who are getting ripped off by right, it. Right, right. And, uh, we want to let people in on the conversation as well. For you listening out there, do you use social media and which platforms are you using? Do you believe social media has been a net positive or net negative in your life? Do you feel more tired, anxious, and depressed after using Facebook? What would it take to get you to delete your accounts right now? But alternatively, do you think the negative attention that these uh, platforms are getting is just all overblown? Have things like Twitter and Instagram and these different platforms made your lives better? Give us a call, 313-577-1019, 313-577-1019, so that we can work you into the conversation. And Jaron, as people begin to call, the one other thing that I, well, I mean, I have so many questions for you, honestly, uh, related to this, but another thing that I think we see when it comes to technology is uh, people will tell you with the development of things, uh, the printing press, uh, movies, TV, radio, there's always this concern from folks that, uh-oh, uh this new technology will have terrible impact on the future. What do you say to people that say this is just a, a old man shakes fist at cloud moment? What response do you have for them? Uh, whoever's saying it, I was shaking my fist when I was younger than you are now, so it's <laughs> not that. Um, no, you know... Um, a lot of those historical criticisms were correct. You know, the uh, the Nazis were pioneers of media who did the first television broadcasts and learned to uh, use mass rallies for propaganda in a new way and also radio. And uh, they did horrible things. And in fact, um, a lot of what goes on in uh, radio, television and <laughs> and other media was influenced by watching what happened with them. So just because somebody had a criticism in the past doesn't mean that it was invalid. It's yeah. just that everything's been amping up as the technology gets more and more vivid. 
So what the internet can do is worse than what TV could do. But I, I actually, part of the reason my book is is named 10 Arguments is that there was an earlier argument, uh, an earlier book called, I think it was Three Arguments, or I don't remember, for, for uh, against television uh, from an earlier era. Uh, so I wanted to recall that there's been a whole history of criticisms. And, uh, you know, they existed in the past, they were valid. It's just that as technology gets more and more intense, so does the importance of the crit- criticism. So, um uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, part of what is good about our world is the result of people from earlier generations criticizing what was going wrong and correcting it. So we have to be gra- grateful to effective critics from the past and cont- and we have an obligation to continue their work. Yeah, and we're grateful for the opportunity to speak with you listening right now, giving us a call, 313-577-1019. Tell us what you think of social media. What Are are the benefits better than the negatives? Does it uh, have a, a net positive or negative impact on your life? What do you think we should do about it? What questions do you have for Jaron Lanier, who joins us? 313-577-1019. And when we continue, we will uh, keep talking with Jaron Lanier and even talk to him about potential solutions for the problem. Keep it right here as Detroit Today continues. WDET is your connection to what's happening in Detroit. WDET is your place for open dialogue about the issues that impact you. Stay in the know. This is WDET FM, Detroit's NPR station. Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Nick Austin, filling in for Stephen Henderson. And right now we're having a very robust conversation about social media and speaking with our guest, Jaron Lanier, computer scientist, composer, artist, and just very thoughtful person. One of the pioneers in tech, one of the founders of virtual reality and the author of 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. But right now we want to hear from you and we're going to do that by starting with Jeff in Royal Oak. Jeff, go ahead. You're on Detroit Today. Jeff, turn down your radio. I do not have my radio on. Very good. Go ahead, then. <laughs> good to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I deleted my social media back in 2012, 2011. Uh, prior to that, I was in the Army, in the aughts, and I was in a job called Psychological Operations, um, which is kind of like media for the military, but maybe if you like weaponized, uh, what would that be? That would be kind of psychological operations. And I saw the parallels between the kind of um, social manipulation we were trying to accomplish there and what was starting to happen in social media. Mm. Uh, and it was really interesting because, like, I remember in 20, uh, 2005 when Gmail was still, like, an invite thing, yeah. um, I got that through my friends in the Army. And we didn't mind that Gmail was reading our emails then because it was such a good value, right? It was a gigabyte for free or something like that at the time. Right. Um, and then I, I just saw this turn happening. It was slow, right? This wasn't like, like, um, uh, like you said, this wasn't like 
an evil genius plan. This was something that we either stumbled into or evolved into probably the worst tools we had ever invented for uh, causing human harm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff, I really appreciate you calling in with that point and good insight. And you do bring up, of course, again, the benefit of the bargain. Well, hey, I'm okay with it because of the value I'm getting back. But I want to give you an opportunity to respond to Jeff Jaron. Please go ahead with your response. Uh, uh, he said it all. You know, I, I uh, what can I add? Um, I, uh, uh, I mean, I guess uh, you, you. Uh, mentioned your experience in the military, and I, I, uh, I do want to say that one of the really unfortunate things that's happened is uh, the militaries of our adversaries right. have right. used our very own tools against us, uh, and um, I think there's sometimes we get a little lost in our own partisanship, and we say, well did the Russians really help Trump or whatever? Did somebody else help somebody else? That's not the main thing to worry about here. Let's put all that aside. The point is that our adversaries can use this to make us just feel worse and make our society feel worse Mm -hmm. and make us feel worse about each other. It doesn't really matter who might be the immediate uh, target or beneficiary of that sort of action, because that's not the point. Um, And along those lines, the one that really is concerning me right now is TikTok. Uh, TikTok started out just really cute and delightful, like they all do when it was small. And now it's turned into this kind of monster that most young people really rely on. And the thing is, that thing is ultimately a Chinese company, and the Chinese Communist Party ultimately has great sway and, in in a pinch, control of Chinese companies. Um, China, meanwhile, has absolutely locked out any foreign social media or similar things, like uh, search or video sharing or any of that. And so we have this extraordinary situation where a country that is not an enemy exactly, but is sort of a, p- a potential adversary, uh, a, a, a country we might have a conflict with related to Taiwan or other things, um, is the controller of the principal media experience of our younger generations. And I, I mean, it's just an extraordinary situation. It's uh, And the potential scenarios of how they could use that if things became really difficult. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a serious, serious, serious yeah. problem, and we've allowed it to happen. It's unprecedented, and uh, it is something that we'll have to look into. Like we said, this is a very experimental time for all of us as we move to Perry in Detroit. Perry, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Uh, yes, uh, and, and again, uh, thank you for uh, taking the call. Yes, uh, social media has this plus its assets and also its liabilities. Uh, you know, like most Americans, we, you know, I want to be heard. We all want to be heard. We can use it to reach out to old friends, uh, family members, uh, stuff like that, share our opinions. Um, but also, you know, we have a right to free speech, but it also can be used against us. I mean, with some of the most ridiculous stuff, uh, 
being put out into the uh, ethos, but also a, a different perspective on it. I, I look at some of my posts. It also helps me personally uh, do a self-inventory. I look at some of the posts and stuff I've made on Facebook, and it has revealed to me that I, at times, can be self-righteous. So, mm. uh, a, a, again, yeah. um, it, it has its tools as liability, but uh, it has revealed to me uh, some some of my character flaws and yeah. defects. Hey, Perry. And, and, I do appreciate you giving uh, uh, calling us up. I want to give Jaron an opportunity to respond to you, though. Jaron, go ahead. Hey, congratulations to you, my friend. Uh, there's nothing harder or better than when we can know ourselves a little bit better, and I, I certainly struggle with it. Um, and I, you know, I think this is a great example of how. Uh, these tools aren't all bad at all. And a lot of, I mean, I'll tell you my favorite thing is uh, I've been supporting a few friends who have rare medical conditions. And if you're, if you have a really unusual medical problem, being able to find other people who have a similar problem in being able to talk is an incredibly valuable thing that did not exist before, you know? So I'm not going to deny all of that at all. Um, all I ask, is for people to be more conscious and try to see what's going on because a lot of the worst stuff is the hardest to be aware of but this is very real and it doesn't we have to be honest about the good part of it too and um so i I very much appreciate your call thank you again for calling perry and he did bring up another point that i really have interest in it's the free speech angle because i hear a lot of people with concerns about social media and free speech but these are private companies it's not the same thing as going out in the public square and talking Mm -hmm. and not having access to twitter isn't a infringement on your free speech. It's not a governmental entity. Can you talk about how, or can you tell us uh, your thoughts on how free speech is being uh, uh, thought of in the context of social media and where those lines cross? Yeah, I mean, this is sort of a crazy situation because on the one hand, of course we hold free speech dear and it's a, it's a fundamental and, and essential value. But on the other hand, when the speech is being ginned up and manipulated by mm-hmm. algorithms. Oh, and another thing that goes on is there are armies of bots, which are fake people. And the reason uh, a friend of mine at one of the major social media company tells me that 99% of new accounts are probably bots so far as they can tell. And so the reason there's so many bots is that the bots feed the data to the algorithms that then decide what real people see you know, because the algorithms are just responding to what people do. And that's how you poison it. And so if you have these manipulations making people nastier and nastier and dividing them, and yet you're saying, well, we have to allow that because of free speech, you've really worked yourself into an absolutely absurd position. Um, So uh, I'm of the opinion that if we could just change the business model, which, uh, I mean, people might, might not like this, but if you have to Let's say you paid a dollar a month to have access to social media, yeah. and uh, that would there's so many people that would generate plenty of money for the companies, and, and we could have some allowance for people who can't afford the dollar a month. And I know those people exist, and and we'd figure we'd figure something out um, so that there'd be no more input from advertisers. Yeah. Um, and yeah. there's there's a lot of ideas, but basically just change the business model so that the incentive to manipulate everybody goes away i think a lot of the worst speech i think a lot of the horrible racism and the baiting would actually kind of go away on its own because i think people 
there are a small percentage of people who are terrible, but people on the whole are not as bad as we seem to be over social media. Social media currently is bringing out this kind of testy, uh, aggressive, yeah. distrustful yeah. character in everybody that I don't think is authentic to who we would be if we, we weren't being ginned up that way. Uh, Jaron, I appreciate that point as we are again on 101.9 WDET speaking with Jaron Lanier, computer scientist, composer, and author of the the uh, recent uh, the book 10 arguments for deleting your social media accounts right now really unpacking how social media impacts our lives and whether it is a net positive or net negative to us and you can call and join the conversation at 313-577-1019 just like Layla in Detroit did Layla go ahead you're on Detroit today hi um so thank you for taking my call i i this is actually a great segue because my question has to do with that the algorithms, and I am really interested to hear more about what your guest thinks about how these um, models uh, help to create political silos and echo chambers. And But now that I've I've heard more, I'm also wondering um, whether we might be a little Pollyannish about people not being, um, you know, attacking each other politically, given how much um, politicians themselves have invested in creating these divisions. So that's my question. I think that's great timing, Layla, and I do present the question to you, Jaron. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm old enough to have seen us go through a lot of political phases here in the U.S., and I've also spent time in other countries that have been uh, losing their democratic foothold lately, like uh, Turkey and Brazil and Hungary. And, uh, you know, this is different. There is a different element here. Uh, politicians have always been that way. And in fact, if you if you look into American history, you'll find people who are essentially very similar characters throughout every phase and arguing about very similar things. This is how America's always been. Uh, Reconstruction, McCarthy. Um, it's always, you know, we, we've gone through very, very similar things. The difference in this case is... Um, the, the the way that um, the detachment from reality, the fanaticism, the grassroots uh, intensity of it all is really different. And uh, you're absolutely correct that, um, you know, the, the, the algorithms and the social media companies don't necessarily target an outcome. What they can do is they can make everybody less trustful, more irritable, mm. sadder, uh, more insecure, uh, all those things. Uh, and that's not a speculation. That's Facebook's own published research bragging about the ability. And so um, it, uh, I think a lot of the, the ginning up of negativity uh, is actually due to foreign actors. Uh, Russia has is the best documented one and possibly the most effective one um so you know it does get a bit confusing because america has always been the way america is more or less uh however uh we've made it this far without people rejecting the idea of elections as one example we've made it this far without um, preposterously um, 
Oh, God. See, I don't want to get into the partisan thing. Let me just say that all over the world, if you go to, I won't talk about the U.S., you go to Brazil, you go to Turkey, you go to other places, you have this new kind of leader who comes into power through an election who has a social media modified character yeah. who's really immature and whiny and unlike any authoritarian of past of history authoritarians have always been strongmen stalin meant men of steel they're the people who don't care you know they're they're absolutely untouchable but these new ones are like these crybabies who are always complaining and the thing is that people vote for them because they relate to them because they're also doing it so right. these are these are social media generated personalities. Once again, without any reference to the United States, um, Duterte in the Philippines, um, and this this kind of um, this kind of mean little crybaby kid who's just incredible. That that's a social media type of of authoritarian who just didn't really make you know much of an appearance in history before um and uh, th it is really different it is it is something just that is is new yeah. and um yeah. it's not entirely new but it is it is new yeah and uh excellent points of course uh, uh relating to looking overseas and um it's not just ha things that are happening here you can also try to take a look maybe a little bit further away separate yourself see what happen what's happening overseas and how that could be having an impact on us thanks again layla for calling as we move on to asa in lincoln park asa go ahead you're on detroit today yeah, I think that social media has some of some benefits, but for the amount of information that you fork over uh, for those benefits and the terms of service, I think people really need to read the fine print when it comes to social media and look really deeply into the terms of service and that sort of thing. Because if you're just blindly, you know, on social media and you're just, yeah, I'll just post whatever and say whatever and, you know, and then you end up going viral or getting famous or something, and they have your phones tapped, and they can do whatever it is they want with your information. They can just come and cancel you whenever they want to. Uh, okay. You know? I, I appreciate it. We're coming up on a break. Uh, I'll give Jaren an opportunity to respond. I'm not quite sure how uh, phone tapping <laughs> ended up here, say, but <laughs> go, go ahead, Jaren. I'll, I'll tell you something. Your impulse to say understand the terms of service. Yeah. I love that as an idea. As in practice, it's impossible because the contracts are huge. I once asked a whole conference of lawyers for this stuff who had read any term of service that they hadn't written. Not a single hand came up, and these are the lawyers. It's the whole point is to overwhelm you with complexity so that the only thing left to do is be kind of passive and go along with it. I haven't read the terms of service and I'm really into that. They change all the time. They're complicated. It's I wish it was possible. Yeah, yeah. I I am a lawyer by trade, Jaron, and I haven't read those things either. So, uh you can just <laughs> add one more to the tally okay. as this is Detroit today on 1019 WDET. When we continue, our conversation with Jaron Lanier goes on about social media and you. Is it a net positive, negative? Give us a call 313-577-1019. Detroit Today continues on 1019 WDET. This is 
Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Nick Austin, filling in for Stephen Henderson, having a wonderfully rich conversation with Jaron Lanier, a computer scientist, author, and tech pioneer. He wrote the book 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now. And you can jump in on the conversation as well. Do you use social media? Do you feel better after using it? Do you think all of these concerns are overblown? Or do you have any questions on the development of social media, how it can be affecting us? It's a great time to call 313-577-1019 and we can work you into the conversation like we're doing with Tim in Detroit right now. Tim, go ahead. You're on Detroit today. Hello. Um, I think that uh, the government is failing us by not. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg arbitrarily decides that he has the authority to take our private information and sell it. Well, excuse me, that's predacious. That's criminal. And we simply should make the government should step in and say, hey, this is illegal. And anybody that practices, we're going to shut you down so that uh, they can't do that, period. Yeah. And then it's up to them how they want to make their money from that point on. But they can't criminally use our information anymore. All right, Tim, I appreciate your points. And government oversight, uh, is that a solution in this case? What do you think that they should be doing in the government related to social media, Jaron? You know, I think there's a role for regulation here. I do really think this this is important enough. And some regulation earlier on might have helped. The problem is that it's actually a little tricky to figure out what that regulation should be, and it would have been really tricky early on to get it right. Even now, it's hard. Um, I I want to say a little bit about information. Um, I'm of the belief, belief that people have to not only own their information, but they have there have to be limits on how much it can be sold because I'm I'm worried about creating sort of a permanent underclass of people who've sold their information while others don't have to. So I think what has to happen is there has to be I do think you should be able to earn money from your information. And the reason I believe that is in the future, as there are more and more robots and artificial intelligence and stuff more and more conventional jobs are going to change enough to the point where adding information to the system becomes the main kind of work in one way or another. And so there has to be a way that that isn't just taken from people in the way it has been. Like lately, the way artificial intelligence algorithms work is they just take a ton of data from people and then turn it around and use it sometimes to take away those people's jobs. It's terribly unfair and and it's hopeless too. Uh, But if there's a way for people to get some kind of royalty acknowledgement, there might even be a future where people are proud of contributing, uh, but they, they have to maintain control and they must not be able to sell outright. Those are absolute core principles for any decent future. And you brought up uh, that potential solutions that we could have to social media. You bring up what you just said now as one part of that. You also uh, discussed a little bit earlier uh, the idea that uh, there might be a pay model. And then you're saying even with the pay model, you could get some money back. I mean, we see things like that. This with YouTube, right? You have content creators who uh, advertisements do run on their uh, items, but uh, they also get cut back for how many views that they get. And uh, I personally have uh, paid for YouTube now and don't have to watch the ads. And I enjoy that experience much more than yeah. someone trying well, to pitch me weight loss products. <laughs> to be very clear here, 
what happens with technology will be more and more of the economy over time. And so the payout to people has to be larger than what they pay into it over time in order for the economy to grow. It's just like fundamental. It's just basic. So in order to ask you to pay for something, whether it's social media, you have to, on average, earn more from whatever that is than you put into it over time. It's absolutely essential that people be able to earn within the system and not be just pure consumers. That'll also give people power. That's the direction we have to go. Very good. Uh, We're speaking again with Jaron Lanier here on 101.9 WDET about social media. I'm going to get back to the phones in a moment, but I do want to get into one point that I know you've discussed in other platforms, but especially here, I know that there are going to be people who think to the extent that we've discussed free speech before and the ability to get your message out there for really important social issues. Uh, The Arab Spring is something that came up. We have uh, protests that happened in relation to George Floyd, for example. A lot of really Mm -hmm. important political issues. And there are people who, uh, I think, utilize social media for some benefit in those aspects. I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to those who have concerns that uh, if we remove the ability for free social media with this current model, that it would minimize that type of speech. Yeah, well, in every case and, and and that I'm aware of where social media was used uh, by activists to address great problems, the inherent poisonous nature of it went back and bit them and the, and the, the, the blowback mm. was worse and made things worse. So if we look at the Arab Spring, um, we see an initial, I mean, I remember the extraordinary... I, I can't even describe it, this feeling of optimism with the Arab Spring. And yet what came out of it has been really horrible. It turned out that the same social media in the same community was more effective at creating ISIS. And we currently have essentially the collapse of the benefits of the Arab Spring everywhere where it took place. Um, with Black Lives Matter and related protests, uh, unfortunately, the same tools that were effective in uh, helping those along, and which I was also, I just had this incredible feeling of optimism uh, that maybe finally something is happening when you saw the magnitude of the protests. Um, unfortunately, it's even more effective at organizing uh, what we might say is a backlash or a, a you know a, a counter movement, and where we are now is very perilous as a result. You know, um, so there's this initial I call the initial phase the magic carpet ride, but the the underlying character of of the system ultimately bites hard enough to undo it and then worse um, and. Uh, Furthermore, um, the because um, because there's an inherent bias in the way we're doing things to make things worse, to make people sadder and more paranoid and more xenophobic and more vain and all of these things, because of that, um, as soon as there's a movement that activates some energy in the system, um, it it's like this magnet that draws in the worst actors to then try to come in. So, for instance, with Black Lives Matter, we saw the Russians running fake black activist bots right. specifically to try to create more tension, more of a sense of, of um, irritability and disappointment and all of that. And and not just in among among the black activists, the real black activists who are humans, but also just everybody else. There was this kind of so 
I know that ecstatic feeling, but and I do believe that if we change the underlying model, we could still have that and still use the internet for good. I really still believe in that after all these years, but we have to undo the poisonous backlash, which comes, I think, more from the business model than from the character of the internet intrinsically. Yeah. I appreciate that as uh, we are speaking with Jaron Lanier here on 1019 WDET discussing social media. And right now, Tim in Rochester, you're on Detroit Today. Good morning, guys. Uh, I turned down my radio here. Um, Thank you. So the the question I have is, are we not um, sort of too far gone um, with all of the the mining that's already been done? You know, I'm 36 years old. I've had my Facebook account since 2004. Um, Even if I delete it today, I don't use it anymore. I hardly ever look at it because it just depresses me for the most part. But there's already been a lot of mining, a lot of data collection. Are we not too far gone and how do we scrub ourselves, I suppose, from what's already happened? Yeah, thank, I'm, you, I'm, my help. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, Jaron, I'm going to let you go ahead with your response. Are we too far gone? Uh, well, you know, I, I, I sometimes wonder about that. And I think the thing is we have to look at history and we have to see that people have gone through all kinds of problems and close calls and things in the past. And what gets us through, what has always served us in the past has been to, has been honestly facing our problems and standing up to them. Um, and I, I don't have any proof, but um, based on the fact that we've gotten this far, I believe that we can do it again. And I believe we can stand up to this and make it better for future generations. Um, Previous generations made it through World War II and the Depression and the Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl, it's an amazing story. You had the country just destroyed uh, through mismanagement of land. And then the federal government came in and fixed it by planting trees. And we don't even think about it anymore. I mean, we actually can face huge problems and solve them. So... I think we can do it again, but yeah. we got to face them. we got to admit yeah. they're real. Yeah. I, I love the optimism. One of the reasons it's great having you on. And for the people out there who have listened to you now and say, you know what? I think I'm ready to take the plunge. I want to delete my social <laughs> media, but they have the anxiety. What am I going to do next? What am I going to do with all this extra time? Uh, you're, you're a fan <laughs> of the good life, Jaron. What suggestions, what recommendations do you have for people out there to use with all their free time? How do they live the good life now off social media? Well, you know, it is a weird thing. So I don't have any social media. I want to point out something. I'm a public figure. I write books. I I am doing fine. So if you think that your life will just collapse without social media, you might be wrong. It's possible you've just been on this hamster wheel and, you know, running and running and running and running. And if you just used old fashioned tools like having email and a website, you might actually do just about as well. I mean, I have found that personally. Um, Some people say I'm an exception, but like, I don't know. I, I'm not a teenager in a bikini. Let me just put it that way. Like I, 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 I think, I, I think actually a lot of this 
I, I think a lot of the sense of of need and everything yeah. will collapse isn't true. Yeah. People you really care about will still call you, will still use email. I um, I, I think that's true, Jaron. I, 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 I love this time. <laughs> and, you know, we got to have you back on because you've performed with George Clinton. And I love funk music and, and classical oh. music. And I didn't even get a chance to talk to you. So make sure, okay, keep, promise keep us, keep you'll your, come back. Keep your, eyes out, keep your eyes out for a video with Kwame coming up. All right, will do. Well, you are listening to <laughs> 1019 W. WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. Thanks to Jerome Lanier for joining us. And tune in tomorrow when Stephen returns to talk about what a four-year degree is really worth.